Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Hey everybody! Today we are here and we're going to be answering a few of our really common listener questions and I'm so excited about them. Uh, this is Tara Lynn and I have a high five today and my high five goes to oatmeal. Guys, I have, I mean I don't want to sound overly, mm, what's the word? I don't want to <laughs> brag, but I'm going to go ahead and say I've mastered it. Like I have come up, oh my gosh, like it's making my mouth water just thinking about it. So I've been experimenting with oatmeal, and I've told you guys before that I like to do oatmeal in a crock pot. For my kids, they have a hot breakfast while I'm um, just, you know, if I'm working out in the morning. So this is it, and I will post the exact recipe, but it is good and healthy and filling and all of the good things. Still cut oats in the crock pot overnight. All again, I will post on our show notes and on our website, which is findthemagic.co, the actual seriously making my mouth water <laughs> the actual proportions but it's still cut oats overnight in the crock pot on warm and then in the morning before oh and i put eggs in it so i like put eggs in it the night before and whip it in really good so there's this protein in it and it makes it really creamy and i've experimented with all sorts of different things but i actually like it with water the best because i add creamy stuff later anyway in the morning i add collagen protein to it then i put in wild blueberries frozen wild blueberries so that's my like oh and cinnamon and nutmeg and vanilla oh my gosh it's so good and then i put wild blueberries in it and then so for my kids but i can change up the fruit so sometimes i'll Mm. do like mom don't be grossed out and my husband jeff don't be grossed out but like i have these organic raisins (laughs) that i sometimes put out so i put out in little bowls on my table just different things my favorite right now is cut up apples so like before i leave to work out i'll like cut up apples and i put out honey for my kids so they can decorate their own bowls and do honey but for mine i do cachava which is like a it's a protein powder that's really yummy and has all these good things in it for you and that's all i use for the sweetener and it's sweetened with stevia which i really like anyway but guys it is oh my gosh so my favorite i had it yesterday and i went all out because i was just really feeling it i put in apples blackberries raspberries blueberries i mean the whole thing it was just like this big blue thing and then i put in some of these raisins and cranberries oh my gosh it was it is so 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 good so i make it probably twice a week Mm. and even my kids so when i first started making them before them overnight they were skeptical in fact my five-year-old is still moderately skeptical he maybe has like three bites well, it's funny. Sometimes he'll eat like three bowls of it. And then mm-hmm. other times he's like, man, I don't think I like oat milk. I'm like, whatever. I'm still making it all the time. So whatever. But I still like, they still get the exposure to it. Oh, and then in the morning, like my kids will add milk to it or you can put whatever creamer you like in it. But anyway, like in your individual bowl. But again, that was just, I'm trying to be quick here to give you an overview of just the delicious tastes that are in this oatmeal. Oh my gosh. I'm just feeling like, you know, sometimes you get something and you're like, I finally got this down. down. And so nice to have something that is like a small prep in the morning. Yes. Set you up for success yeah. the night before. And before in the winter, <clears throat> I mean, you guys know I love smoothies, and we've posted our smoothie recipe before, our smoothie recipes that we love. But I'm really, I'm, 
I really like smoothies best in the summer. Totally. Because they're cool and they're refreshing. But in the winter, it's hard for me to get myself to drink something cold. Yeah. Whereas oatmeal, I'm still having a lot of the stuff I put in my smoothie. Mm-hmm. But now it's just in oatmeal form. Mm-hmm. And instead of blending up the fruit, I'm eating them in chunks. Mm-hmm. Which is fun because you get to chew them. Yeah. And you can totally. put in nuts if you want some crunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do it's just really, really... Ooh, and I have some... Anyway, I'll also post... I have this yummy granola you can put in it. Like, it's just... I'm just feeling really like <laughs> I've arrived. Winter, we have a few more months of it. And oh, don't to- <laughs> say that. Months? <laughs> Before we move to smoothie season. And I just feel like... I don't know. I've been a mom for 13 years, and I've just kind of flirted with oatmeal on and off. But I feel like, yeah, it's... In fact, my oldest, she asks for it now. Like, mm-hmm. she'll be, like, the night before, she'll be like, are you doing oatmeal tonight? Because, you know, other mornings, they just do toast or whatever, easy. But right. on oatmeal mornings, and I also love, on those mornings before I go work out, I, like, put out their bowls, and I put spoons in their bowls, and I'll just, like, leave them a note on the counter mm-hmm. that just says, I love you, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's just, I don't know. For me, it's, like, a way of saying, like, here's a here's a breakfast. It's already made. Mm-hmm. You can eat it. And it's just, like, a little, little love. Mm-hmm. And it makes so that I can go exercise. So oh, it's great. nugget. Yeah. And just, I always love a good ratio perfecting. Yeah, it takes a while. I've I've changed the amounts because it wasn't just the amount that it said on the bag, mm-hmm. right? Like I've changed it, so it's like, yes, this is. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do it overnight, this is the right amount of liquid, mm-hmm. you know. So okay, I'm excited. All right, my. Ooh, gosh, what is with me in the combos? I just always have to preface that sometimes when I have a high five, it's because I've gone through a lot of face palming. <laughs> and I need to be clear about this, that I don't know. I think this is something we try to communicate a lot on the podcast, but we a lot of times are going through the try this or not with you guys, and hopefully that comes across. But So my high five is to attentive listening to my kids. My almost four-year-old is very chatty (laughs) and it's, he's a lot different than my older two. My older two like to talk to me, but it's usually like for a reason. My four-year-old almost is very, he just talks for absolutely no reason at all. He's just like always almost just talking. (laughs) And so it's really easy to tune it out as just like, background noise right uh, uh i <laughs> wish i could say i didn't <laughs> empathize but i empathize so much with what you're saying right now Gosh. it's so and my personality i'm very on to the next thing type person i have a hard time just sitting still and listening especially to long-winded things or things that take a long time so it's not a good combo well and their topics Oh, children's topics. topics in general. <laughs> if you have a long-winded child, you'll find yourself listening to a five-minute diatribe about the nature of, I can't even think of something. But you know what I mean? Their topics oh. are just different. So I, oh. I see what you're saying. It's so It's hard. not that it's not important. It's just that it's right. a different level of things that you're used to caring about. Totally, you know? totally. And so I, I've noticed this. I've noticed a little frustration in him with him wanting me to listen to what he's saying, even though it's not like he needs something or help with something, he's just talking. So I recognize this and I've tried to tame my brain, even though still sometimes when he's talking, I'm already, I'm thinking about a hundred different things. (laughs) And then at the end, you know, there's some like clarifying thing and I'm just like, oh, I gotta find something in that conversation that I was listening to. But I've tried to be more attentive to him 
and he still talks the same amount. <laughs> but I have noticed a slight decline in his whining and crying type talking. Oh, like I feel like I'm putting a little in his bucket when I'm listening in the positive situation so he's a more independent when he would normally be more whiny because mm-hmm. I think he's just getting a little bit more attention. So mm. I think that sometimes it feels like slowing down is going to make things take longer. Mm-hmm. But I've found a lot with kids that if I can slow down and give them a little bit of attention, then later when I need them to step up, they're a little more apt to. So if you're just type three like me and just go, 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 or like any parent who the conversations that your kids want to talk about are hard, just try to listen a little bit better. The step-by-step play-by-play of what a a bug did an hour ago, you know. I love that, though, because what you're saying is all of us have a need to be listened to or a desire to be listened to, Mm -hmm. and we can all tell when somebody's not listening to us. So what you're doing is treating your little person like a whole person because they are, no matter how little they are. So I love it that you're reminding us. I need that reminder, too, because I literally just yesterday in the car had to ask probably three times... I was trying so hard to listen to the story. <laughs> I really was trying, but I kept missing an important part. And I, and I was like, should I clarify? Should I ask? But then that shows that I wasn't. You know, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So this is a really good reminder. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's, it's important. Okay, we have listener questions today. Which can I just tell you guys? I love listener questions. So if you have a question, please send it to us on Instagram at find the magic podcast, or obviously our very favorite is when you leave your questions in a review because it helps you and it helps us. Um, so we're going to dive into these today. Our first question is from Erica and she asks, do you have anything, any episodes? No, but now we do on working with kids and entitlement issues. Actually, yes, we do. We have a whole episode on this that we will link in the show notes, but we're going to dive into the specific question. So we've done the entitlement trap plan. So Erica says we've done daily gratitude practice and modeling, but it's still a struggle. I feel like my five-year-old hyper focuses on the negative or what she's lacking. One of a million examples. We spend spent an entire day and hundreds of dollars taking her snowboarding. And she was upset that she wasn't able to eat a muffin at the resort. Part of this I know is totally developmentally appropriate and I try to validate feelings, but it's constant overwhelming. This happens in other areas too. Like things just aren't good enough no matter what we do. I grew up dreaming of a life like hers, totally not her fault in quotes, or in, what are those called? Parentheses. (laughs) So I know a lot of this is triggering for me personally, and that's my issue. We're just on this uphill treadmill of trying to make her feel heard slash content and we never reach it. All right, such a good question. I'm sure most, if not all parents, feel this frustration. You give and give and give to your kids, and it feels like they don't even see what you're doing. There's no gratitude. Um, And I will also add, I really feel the, you know, I grew up dreaming of life like hers, or we that feeling of wanting to give our kids more or different than we had and when it's not appreciated that can be super super triggering and that might be worth a little exploration for this listener i know that it helps me look at you know my expectations of 
how my kids should be feeling versus what I'm putting on them to feel because of, you know, things that happened growing up or whatever. So that might be worth diving into in your own time, journaling Mm -hmm. about. Yeah, because it can bring up anger or any emotion, but thinking like, I didn't have this and you have it now and you're not even appreciating it. Yeah, totally. It's a frustrating feeling. Yeah, and I'm sure that's, you know, welling up inside on when it happens in the moment. But I think my main feedback and something that sticks out to me is when you say, we try to validate feelings and when you say, it's an uphill treadmill of trying to make her feel heard and content that we never reach. And I love the Erica that you're trying to, you know, help her feel heard and give acknowledging her feelings. But and I don't know, this is just a short question. But when you say validate and content like help her feel content, it makes me think, is there an element of trying to fix her feelings about, for instance, the muffin. Because in your adult mind, it makes sense. We spent all this money, you should be grateful for this opportunity. But in her little kid mind, you know, she's only in that moment, she's sad because she wants a muffin. It has nothing to do with how much money was spent or how much fun she had that day or whatever. When you're saying help her feel content, it almost feels to me like you're trying to fix it and make it so she's not sad about the muffin because you went snowboarding and spent all this money. And maybe I'm misreading this question, but I think focusing on when you're acknowledging her feelings, not trying to fix the feelings could help her feel like it's okay. it's okay to feel these things, so she needs, so she has the ability to stop complaining and bringing them up because she feels an element of acceptance in those moments. You know, we all, we know how it feels when we're <laughs> frustrated or mad about something and someone tries to fix it versus when someone's like, oh man, yeah, you really wanted that muffin. It feels really different. And she could be, I can't remember. which book this is but when we're talking about validating validating emotions sometimes our kids you know they keep crying a little bit or they keep complaining a little bit about the same thing and it's because their their full emotion hasn't been able to come out and and been acknowledged by who they're ever seeking acknowledgement from do you remember what Mm. book this is no it's like little tantrums little tantrums little tantrums because they haven't had that like oh i get it all out and then I'm accepted, and then I move mm-hmm. on from it. Mm-hmm. So that could be mm-hmm. helpful just to look at if you're trying to fix it. Yeah, which is the whole reframe of it is not our job to... Our children being happy and content is not the definition of what makes us good parents. But I think as parents, we think that. Mm-hmm. It's not that. <laughs> it's it's that we're validating them and letting them be okay with whatever they are feeling. And ironically, I think it actually in the end makes us more happy and content when people do that for us. But I totally agree with you, Felicia, on that. A little reframing there on what is the goal here? Is it to make her content? Because that is out of that is out of our control as a parent. But we can validate, make her feel heard. I want to just touch on two points here. One, uh, he says, you're trying to develop me 
It's developmentally appropriate, and I try to validate feelings. I just want to clarify one thing here. Validating feelings doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of time on it, right? So you don't have to spend a lot of time on the muffin of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I see you're really sad about the muffin. Oh, you poor thing. It can be as simple as, you really want that. You really want that muffin. You know, we're not going to have it. And you just move on, and she's going to have whatever extra she's going to have. But you, to you, it's just like a, you you can be sad about it. And that's okay, but we're going to continue with our meal, <laughs> you know, whatever. So just to, I just want to clarify that validating doesn't necessarily mean indulgently being like, mm-hmm. oh, what, you know, yeah. oh man, you poor thing. It's just a simple, like, you know, I, I, I really, with empathy, I really see that you want that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get it, but I really see that you want that. But my main, my main thing I want to focus on here is in addition to what we just talked about, is a couple tips here for before and after. After you've identified that you're, you know, you have your own triggers. This situation, I'm going to use the example of the snowboarding just because it's a really good example that I think applies to anything when we're talking about entitlement. As parents, we want our kids to be grateful and all those things and those practices you're talking about, entitlement mm-hmm. trap practice, I mean, of ownership in your home and daily gratitude practice and modeling. I mean, yeah, you're doing it right. So mm-hmm. whatever you're doing is great. But here, this little reframe might help. And that is, you know, we we want our kids to see what it is we're giving them. And so it's really tempting in the moment to say something like, I never had this as a kid and you are being so ungrateful right now. Mm -hmm. The hard thing with doing something like that is you're tainting now the entire experience for them. Okay, so you're taking away a lot of good, a lot of bonding, a lot of connection that could have come from the situation. So for me, a a little planning here a little proactive uh, coaching, I think can be really, really, really helpful. And I think this applies to everybody. This five-year-old in particular, I just want to point out her nature sounds like when it says things just aren't good enough, no matter what, she might have, and I'm not saying this is a, this is not a negative thing. This is just an observation about nature. And I don't know this child, but there's a chance that she might have maybe, and we'll, we'll link this episode where we talk about the different energy types um, but she might have a naturally perfecting nature where she wants things a certain way and it's really difficult for her when they're not that way that can be a huge strength and she'll learn to temper it as she gets older but it can come across if you know it can come across sometimes as just being critical <laughs> you know what I mean mm-hmm. and so as a parent you're just helping her navigate that just observing it and helping her navigate that but we'll, we'll link the episode to that so there's a chance that there's maybe it's just some in her nature here mm-hmm. and she's hoping their nature is going to change <laughs> but it's not and that's frustrating yeah. but specifically about doing things ahead of time and that is if you can have a conversation before with your child so we're going to go snowboarding tomorrow and it's going to be amazing. And this is something that I have. I think it's okay. You're not overlaying guilt here. You're simply observing so that your child can understand you. But this is something I wanted to do my whole life. But I was never able to do because we didn't have money for it. But I want you to have this experience. So mm-hmm. we're going to spend and we're going to spend, you know, I'm not going to probably o- o- belabor the money point. But I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, so this does cost a good amount of money, mm-hmm. but it's worth spending, like this mm-hmm. is worth spending because I really want this experience with you on the mountain. So when we go, so before, just so you guys know, every time I take my kids skiing, which they're on a ski team. So I mean, we're skiing every week. Mm-hmm. On our way up on the mountain, I say, what do we do on the mountain? And it's have fun, be safe. 
and we don't complain. Mm-hmm. And that may sound like I'm stifling their voice or something, mm-hmm. but to me, you're going to be cold, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to like getting frostbite on your fingers, tell me if there's something we can do about it. But if it's right. just general, carrying these skis is annoying. I mean, there's so many things you can complain about totally. when you're in the mountains. And we do this when we hike. We do this everything. For me, there's just a no complaining rule in the mountain, unless it's something that we can do something about. Then yes, of course, tell me. But if it's just general, like, oh, my legs are kind of mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. Oh, these boots are not fun to walk in, blah, blah, blah. So I just say, when we're up here, <laughs> that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We we just, we look for what's positive because there's a lot of positive stuff here. So, you, you know, you can say something like, we're doing this. It's going to be wonderful. I want to connect with you. And there are going to be things that are kind of hard about it. You know, you're, it might be a little uncomfortable or this or that. I want you to be able to tell me, but we don't just... I want to practice maybe not complaining about stuff. And then you can set her up for lunch specifically because same thing with my kids. If you tell them in the moment, they see the thing and they want it and you're like, no, we've already decided for our budget. We're not going to do that. It's really hard. So in those situations, I think it's great to say, we're going to have this for lunch and we're not actually even going to negotiate about it. So you're going to see other stuff that you really want, but we're going to eat the sandwich that we packed or we're going to, whatever it is you're doing, right? And then, so she's prepared ahead of time, like, okay, I'm going to go. It's going to be cold. This is a valuable experience because my mom just explained it to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get everything that I want here. So I'm like, I'm already, I got it. And then when the time comes and she sees the muffin and she may, because she's prepared, she might not have an issue. But if she does see the muffin and she wants the muffin and she cries about it, then you can say, yeah, you know, I see you still really want that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're sticking to our, we're sticking to our thing. We're just going to do this because that's what we've planned, whatever. But I guess what I'm saying here is there's a lot of cool stuff you can do proactively and it can make so that you don't have to overlay guilt in the moment, which is going to take away from the whole connection of the experience, which is what you're going for. You're doing it to connect, right? And to give your children these wonderful experiences. But I think it's so easy for us in the moment. I can think of, I mean, I mean, can you just hear it? You're in an amusement park. I can like hear the chanting of parents' voices mm-hmm. saying, we flew all the way from Nebraska and we're in Florida. And here you are just whining, being ungrateful. I mean, it's just this terrible overlay that's like destroying this wonderful experience, right? But all parents have thought it, right? Like we flew across, we flew across the country for this and here you are complaining. It's not fun, right? Mm-hmm. So just the prep of this is what we're going to do. This is kind of our uh, hopes here is that, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to experience this, this, and this. But when we say no to this, we, you know, we mean it. And this is why this experience is important and special. But then to make sure in the moment we're not doing that overlay of guilt and just throwing the whole experience out. Right. And so, but in the moment you can say things like, yeah, you know what? You're in Disneyland, you're in that line and you're like, yeah, you're right. It is really hot. Mm -hmm. But guess what? It's not going to help us at all to talk Mm -hmm. about it anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I I see you, I hear you and you can cry if you want, whatever. Yeah. But like we have 10 more minutes in this line. (laughs) So what's what's something else we can talk about? I don't Mm -hmm. know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can reframe it without Mm -hmm. saying stuff that makes them feel guilty so i guess my the whole point of this is to make sure that we are proactive so we don't have to kind of layer in that guilt i feel like sometimes we let i find myself when i find myself wanting to layer guilt into any conversation it's because i haven't gotten out my true feelings ahead of time about it Mm -hmm. so i'm wanting the person to know this happens in adult conversations all the time I'm trying to like hint. So I'm like doing little jabs of like, I hope you pick up on this, that this was really hard for me (laughs) to, I really went out of my way to make this happen. So I'm like jabbing, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I'm just doing little, Mm -hmm. like, 
yeah, I really went out of my way and yes. this isn't even working out. Yes. But had I just said at the very beginning, like I really went to a lot of effort for this, this means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it doesn't even almost matter what happens after that. Cause I've expressed yeah. what I had inside of me. So I'm not having to do all the little like guilt mm-hmm. things. Do you get what I'm saying? Totally. And I, something when you were talking this, I know I mentioned the trigger thing, but something that came up for me when you're saying, you know, I wish, or I, I dreamt of a life like hers or whatever is that I think oftentimes when we weren't raised with that level of abundance and we're wanting that we're wanting to give our child that feeling it's a it's a feeling it's not snowboarding it's not Disneyland it's not new Doc Martens whatever they want it's that it's a feeling of that you know, we're trying to express through things or money sometimes our love or what we feel like they deserve in a childhood. And I've had that trigger where it's like you're trying to help them fill that through stuff or money, blah, 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 blah. And I can say that if you can work through that trigger, because I see it, you know, my husband, so Terrellyn's brother, Parker, was they were raised a lot differently than I grew up in a single parent home. And we didn't, I mean, like even thinking that your parents were gonna give you lunch money to go out to lunch was beyond. So I've caught myself with my kids and I still have to recognize this trigger and get out of it thinking, when I'm at the grocery store, I love that if they want a treat, I can buy it for them. But am I doing it from a place of trying to fill that need inside of myself because your kids don't need to go snowboarding they don't need to go to disneyland they don't need and you know a treat every time you go to the grocery store so like get clean with the reasons that you're doing those things and it might be that she is feeling that energy from you and you can tone it down and realize that just your just your day-to-day with her your presence with her your connection with her is enough like if that is if you can recognize that as a trigger which i have before and you know sometimes people get this if they work a lot or you know if you were raised a certain way or whatever where you're you're trying to make up for something with experiences or buying stuff and it might be for her and for you it could be good to just pare it down there's not going to be all this i'm not saying you're doing a bunch of extra stuff but but i've felt that trigger before where it's I'm going to buy the tree. I'm going to buy the toy. I'm going to take them to do the thing because I'm trying to fill something from my childhood and I'm layering that expectation on them. I think that's excellent advice. I love it. Take a look, dive in. (laughs) As all things with parenting, I love how it like always comes back to we do some work inside ourselves. But I love that question so much because we've all felt that on not only once, but we've all felt that many times. We want our kids to be grateful for stuff, and when we are trying to teach them to be grateful and doesn't feel like they are, it's really, it's kind of scary. Totally. But we've all felt it, so you're not alone, Erica. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, before we go on with the show, if you're listening to this, driving carpool, doing dishes, um, maybe you just got up in the morning and everything is crazy, I feel you. (laughs) 
These last couple years have been so crazy for me. And sometimes in the morning, I am looking towards my day to find those pockets of peace where I can just breathe. Uh, And I have found something that is helping me lately. And I wanted to share all of it with you. And that is the Mama Zen app. We have a free trial for all of you guys with code MAGIC after you download Mama Zen on the App Store or on Google Play. It's M-A-M-A-Z-E-N, Mama Zen app. And I wanted to tell you why I think you should try your free trial with that code. It is so important for us to take control of our mental health. If anything else have been has been apparent these past couple years, it is that our internal landscape, our inner stillness, what we can cultivate inside our own minds is so important. And the Mama Zen app has helped me find a little bit of this stillness in my day. If you're experiencing impatience, anger, anxiety, yelling, then you need to download this app. Mama Zen is specifically created for our motherhood journeys. So they have super short emergency sessions for when your head is just spinning and you need to calm down right then. We all know that feeling when our patient's skin is thin. Um, There is absolutely just nothing else like Mama Zen. It's so dedicated to mental and emotional well-being of moms. So imagine a world where your kid has a tantrum, misbehaves, or just doesn't listen to you, and instead of flying off, you respond calmly to the situation, avoid yelling, avoid sapping. This is all something we have the ability to cultivate with a little bit of stillness, and Mama Zen can be that place that you can go to find that. So I really want you to try Mama Zen, see for yourself, go to the App Store or Google Play, download Mama Zen today, that's M-A-M-A-Z-E-N. Right now you can use promo code MAGIC and that code will unlock your free trial so you can just try it and see if you like it. The most important thing for you, your kids, and your family is your emotional well-being, so don't postpone any longer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, our next, our... Other question is a really good one that we get. I mean, we get a variation of this question. I don't know. I don't want to exaggerate here, but a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of times. And if you just peruse parenting books and articles, it's not just our listeners who ask these questions. It's I think it's common for everybody. So this one is about yelling. And it's from Joanna. She said, I have been trying to overcome my habit of yelling as a response to my kids when I'm triggered by them or when they do something that actually needs to be dealt with. But I found that I don't have the skills to replace the yelling with something more productive. I love I love that she just said there, it's the actual implementation, which is mm-hmm. with all good things in life, right? Mm-hmm. It's the implementing that's so hard. I have implemented the pause. I found doing a miracle morning is so good for me, maintaining my peace throughout the day. But I'm wondering if you can recommend any books that help teach tangible skills for parenting. Not just ideas about how to be a gentle parent, about how being a gentle parent is the better way, but what gentle parenting methods can you implement to replace the old habits? 
My daughter is four and I have a one-year-old. I desperately want to be something better, but now I need to develop good habits to replace the bad. So first of all, Joanna, I want to applaud you for your bravery in asking this question. None of us, you know, want to, it's a hard thing to face our own things that we're doing that we want to change. And I just want to tell you that you are not alone. I mean, this is something that most parents deal with on some level. And again, it's one of those things. And it's the tricky thing is about it. It's, it's inside of you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's such a important topic. But also it's a, it's a difficult one to face because it's, it's inside of like, there's no, we can't like really pass it on to anybody else. <laughs> it's totally. just inside of us. You know? And I can empathize with the, where she says, you know, I'm wondering if you can help teach any tangible skills or you know there's all these ideas and they sound great yeah of course like gentle parenting or respectful parenting sounds great but what about when our kids are doing stuff and they won't stop when we're being gentle so we hear you yes and as for a specific she asked for a specific book so we'll link a few books here mm-hmm. honestly Janet Lansbury is one of my favorite when it comes to she gives you like an actual scenario and then says it so if you listen to her reader book it's in her soothing voice right. you know and so i'll actually hear her sometimes in my voice in my head like my kid's doing something and they're you know about to do something when she says here is something that needs to be dealt with it's something mm-hmm. that i have to do something about mm-hmm. i can't just like hang out and take a few deep breaths well mm-hmm. i can take a few deep breaths but i can't take like <laughs> 10 minutes right? right i have to do something right then i can hear i can hear her voice saying I can see you're really upset by this. <laughs> you, know? you really want that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she just says in this really soothing way. So um, Elevating Child Care is probably my favorite of hers. but And also her podcast, probably if you search Janet Lansbury yelling in podcast app, she'll yeah. have specific, she has very specific episode situations. That yeah. And she she'll walk you through like individual like you feel like you're gonna yell, so then you do this. Mm-hmm. So she's just a great resource there. If I'm, we're talking about specific things you can do to do more research on it, and us, we as we were, oh man, as we were planning this, we have so many bullet points here. We have to really like narrow it down. <laughs> so we're gonna give you our top, our top things to actually implement, not just the ideas, but like what to do in the actual situation. My favorite, well, my first favorite is. Identify your own triggers using journaling specifically. So this is a little planning ahead of time, but it really helps. So what I mean is, so take, I'm going to say three days. Don't change anything, okay? Just do what you're doing. You're doing your miracle morning. Amazing. Can I just say that's like the best thing you could be doing right now? So well done. Mm -hmm. You're implemented the pause. So you're taking a breath. When your kids are doing something and you feel that desire to yell, you're taking that deep breath, right? Like I'm going to breathe in. Just do those two things alone. Joanna, you are on your way. So... Mm-hmm. applause there but so you just keep doing what you're doing but if you yell I don't want you to beat yourself up about it for three days I want you just to write it down notice it when is it I want to know when was it and what was the thing that happened right before that you yelled at right and then I want you to look for patterns so for example is it every day before school when your kids can't find their shoes or they left their backpack in the car for the fifth time in a row or they knock their cereal bowl over 10 times or whatever, whatever it is. And what you'll find, my hypothesis here, I feel fairly confident about, my idea is that I think you're going to find patterns. So you're going to find these situations throughout the day that are your trigger points. Maybe it's at a point where you know that your patient's skin is already worn thin. Like before dinner, 
when your kids are hungry, you're hungry, but you're trying to get the kitchen cleaned up from the dinner you just made, and you're feeling frustrated that they're all trying to snack, you know, whatever it is. I'm just, I'm just telling you situations, as you can tell, that mm. frustrate me. So, <laughs> Or maybe it's the transition before getting in the car, whatever it is. But I want you to look and see what the actual patterns are, and then what you're going to do is you're going to look at it with like a problem solver hat and say, okay, so if I'm yelling consistently three times a day and two of these times are the same time every day over the same situation, mm-hmm. let's solve it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get a system with our shoes mm-hmm. where, guys, oh man, this is going to be a high five for another day, but mm-hmm. we just did something with our shoes. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but, you know, we can solve that with a cool system with our shoes. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but it's going to cut down on 90% of the time you even feel like yelling right. if you just have the right place that your kids are putting on their shoes, right? And you have a way to track it. Or maybe it's giving your kids a five-minute heads up for a transition because you always seem to lose it right before you leave for piano on at four o'clock on Mondays. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, And just a little tip there about giving your kids tips for heads up for transitions it actually increases their anxiety if you give them like okay in 30 minutes guys we're leaving okay in 20 minutes we're leaving 10 minutes we're leaving five it's just they also have slightly no concept of time yeah they don't (laughs) it it has no meaning yeah and it just creates anxiety into whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. so if they need 10 minutes just give them the one just the one like okay the time has come just you guys know in for me i actually like to give it i give them like a you have five minutes left of playing Right. And then when that five minutes is over, they still have five minutes to get their stuff. So, okay, mm-hmm. now the time has come. We're cleaning up, and then we're going to go. So you have five minutes left, and then we're going to do this, this, and this, and we're getting in the car. So I would say give a short transition heads up. That could help with if, if you're having issues with transitions. That's just a common thing people mm-hmm. yell about is during those transitions. Mm-hmm. And this is not, I know my husband listens to this. Jeffrey, I know this is not something that I do, but... <laughs> I know that it's a good idea. <laughs> and that is for all of those things. The times that I feel like I'm going to lose it is when I'm running late, yeah. which unfortunately is a lot. So my my tip here is that if you think it's going to take 10 minutes, maybe double, double the time. It. Always double. <laughs> Specifically, because I'm thinking in my own life, I just named for you a bunch of times where I feel like I my patient's skin is about to be gone. And so you probably have different ones than me, but... But a lot of it is when I'm feeling rushed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, guys, mm-hmm. we got to get out the door here. Mm-hmm. And sadly for me, that's a lot of times. But um, if you double your time, thing, that might help. Those are some just concrete things. that all. These are all kind of ahead of the time things. But I bet you could cut down, honestly, on a huge chunk of even... Because you're using self-control when you stop yourself from yelling, right? You, you want to yell and you don't. And that takes self-control. Mm-hmm. And we know that throughout the day we get worn down. Mm-hmm. So the more times, it's kind of like decision fatigue. The more you can just eliminate that need, that like that you have to do that, it's right. going to make it easier for you. Right. So if you can cut down on 70% of the times you even feel like yelling, right? amazing. Totally. So look, don't change anything for three days. Write it down. See if there's patterns. Can you fix those specific patterns first? And that's just going to cut down from the beginning the amount of times you feel the desire to yell. Yeah, and we all have different ways that we are reacting instead of what we want to do is respond and that's what you know breathing pausing all of that can help you respond instead of react but once you get to that reaction like there's almost it it's not like you're like hmm 
hmm, I think I'll yell. Like, (laughs) so if you can prevent (laughs) getting there. Um, And some things that that do help me, so what Terrilyn was saying are, I think that is the main habit for me to help myself. But in the moment, if you're like, okay, what can I do in that moment? Um, Because they're really not listening. So just some, these are like super concrete things. One that sometimes work for me, works for me is if I'm feeling really like frustrated at a child, it can really help me to get at their level and hug them. And for some of you, you might be like, no, no, no. I do not feel like hugging my kid when they're making me mad. That's okay. I'm just throwing a couple things out. And it's that physical, so I'm not like a mad hug, but it's just like, in fact, don't mad hug. If you're feeling like if you're feeling like you're like pulling them and squeezing them too tight, maybe don't do that. It's like a, one kind of helps me see, empathize, see their humanity, and it's a little physical like comfort reminder. Get in touch with the moment for me. Yeah. So and have you the beautiful thing about that tip that you just gave is it gives you the opportunity to look in their eyes. Totally. Have you ever done that when you feel like you're about to yell and you look into your kid's eyes and you see whatever they're feeling? Sometimes it's fear, mm-hmm. which, I mean, automatically just grounds you, right? Yep. You're like, oh my yep. gosh, they actually feel a little fear here. Yep. Or a lot of times when I picture that, it's they get like a little, it's almost like they're a wild animal. For like sure. Like when you look into their eyes, you realize they're feeling out of control right yeah. now. They're themselves. looking to me like, are you going to be that big person or are you going to freak out yeah. too? And yeah. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I'm feeling out of control. I'm feeling unsafe because usually when you're feeling about to yell, they're also not being their best selves. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And so sometimes just looking at them in the eye for me, I mean, it's almost always this very sobering, like, so maybe when you take your deep breath, take in a time, get down at their level and look into their eyes, just to see what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that just brings, so I love, I've never tried hugging, but I really love that idea and I think a huge value to that is that you do get a look into their eyes and see what they're actually feeling. Yeah, for sure. And that might give you the the what you need to get you past the like actually letting the yell come out. Totally, know? yeah. And two other techniques that I use because I found from for me my volume in my house is my kids are pretty loud by nature, and so sometimes you know I'm talking loud to get them to listen, but then they're not listening. So then it's like I'm frustrated. Plus I want them to listen. So that's when my you know, my voice gets louder and like kids, even if you're just like doing this elevated voice with a slight tinge of like, you're frustrating me. It's, they just automatically are like, that's a mean voice. You're yelling, like it's not working for me. (laughs) And it like never works. So three things. The first one, I don't know if this is kosher, but something that really helps me is instead of yelling, I'll do this. (laughs) And it's like, it's a sound they know I'm trying to get their attention, but it's not the yell. It's just like a everyone listen. So that helps me. And then two other things I like that. are my kids do it in school. It's a and then they have to clap back. And it's a little playful. Thank you, Terrilyn, for yep. the demonstration. You're welcome. I know the drill. And they might know that already from school because I feel like a lot of teachers use that. And then something we do at our house. And you could just get creative and think like, what would my kids respond to? But I say, turn your ears on, and they all touch their ears and go, Bebo, like they're pushing a button. Oh, that's cute. And my three-year-old just goes, Bebo, and then isn't listening. It's just like (laughs) for fun. But it does work well with my five-year-old and 
my older kids, obviously. So can you get creative? Think of some ways when you're feeling that. So you might still do that out of your little mat. Turn your ears on. <laughs> but it might be a way that your kids know she's serious. She wants us to listen, but it doesn't pull you into that really mad yelling Ooh. voice. And you're introducing play. Anytime right, you bring totally. any playful energy to a situation, you're going to feel less like yelling and so are your kids. Mm -hmm. And as you said that, one of my friends is a school teacher. She was telling me that she's adapted the to something else. So she'll do just out of nowhere. She'll be like, you know, like one, two, three, four, five, six. Like oh. she like does a pattern. <laughs> so it makes all of her students they get excited when she claps because they have to listen for the pattern oh, and then they have to do the same pattern back. That's cool. So maybe like da-da, da-da-da-da. And, yeah. and you see for kids here. Ooh. So anyway, so that's just fun. Again, I, as you were, I had totally forgot about that tip. Mm -hmm. But if you want to just make a, a breath with some play and that's your code to all of your children, like, hey, this isn't working for me, guys. Let's everybody <laughs> come back. And you can even tell them this ahead of time. I actually did some research about yelling coming into this for this question. And... Um, that was a tip that kept coming up was if you can talk to your kids ahead of time, like just so you guys know, I am working on this. Mm -hmm. And so I need like a code word. So we've talked about in my house, it's dragon. If somebody feels like somebody's being mean, you can say dragon, but you can say it for yourself, right? Like right. dragon, I got to go breathe some fire <laughs> over here because I don't want to breathe it at you. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the clap could be a fun way of like, just so you guys know, if I do the clap, it means that nobody, I feel like nobody's listening to me and I really want to yell. So I'm going to do this clap and I want you guys to see if you can hear what the pattern is. I mean, that's just a fun, like, wait. And then your kids become your allies, right? Because mm -hmm. you're saying, this is something that I want to be better at, and I'm not sure how to do it. I want to try this out. And that's another thing about just getting your voice across places. Because, yeah, my kids so many times, I just now just walk wherever we are. Like, I just walk over to where they are, uh -huh. so I'm not having to yell across the room. But even when they're outside, we now do a little hoot hoot, and then they have to answer back. And it, it then I don't have to be like, guys, come back. Yeah. It just means, or we'll say, hoot nanny, hoot nanny. And the other person has to say, hoot hoot. And that just means come back, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. And anyway, so there's little fun, playful things where you're not actually have to yell across. And then it's just less, the less you yell. The cool thing about yelling, guys, is the less you yell, the easier it becomes not to. Totally. Because it's not a habit. <clears throat> Even your voice. <laughs> like I found, even if I'm trying to project my voice, because literally like I am... <laughs> somewhere it's like i can't even project it anymore you know what i mean we need to have parker my husband do his example of your mom yelling it is the best <laughs> have you heard it no okay I, we'll have does more. she even i don't even know no. if i've ever heard her yell so yes, this is funny. exactly <laughs> <laughs> like i can't even i can't even picture it so i gotta hear his parker <laughs> i can't even do it it's so good we'll have him on <laughs> i love it so this is going to be a really like rewarding journey for you because you're going to find, it's like what I hear people say when they don't eat sugar. I mean, I've never experienced that before. But I hear people say, I haven't had sugar for a year and I don't even miss it. In fact, it sounds like it's gross to me. Right. That is how yelling is. Mm -hmm. Like once you haven't yelled for a while, it tastes gross it in your mouth. It sounds harder. You don't, yeah. you don't like it anymore. Yeah, like, totally. It isn't there. Well, it's not satisfying anyway, but right. you don't have the same, like it's, it's once, once you've kind of gotten rid of it, it's, it just gets easier and easier. And that goes into... My last favorite of the tips, and that is, this is not in the moment, but this is a concrete tip for after. Anytime we do something as parents that we are not proud of, so I think yelling always falls in this category. It's difficult because if you're yelling all the time, obviously it's going to get old for you to be constantly like, oh man, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But if you're like, you know what, that one today, that was extra, like I really lost it. 
I think we've talked before about doing replays with our kids, right? When they've done something during the day that did not go well, you wait till the situation is way after. So it's not in the moment. It's not even five minutes after. Like mm-hmm. the emotions are cooled at this point. So it's mm-hmm. like at the end of the day or the day after, whatever. And you can say, hey, that did not go how I wanted. So just like you do with them when they hit a kid earlier that day and later that night you can be like, okay, let's go over that again. Let's just do a little replay. If we were to do that again and that kid came over and took your toy, what would have been a, like, how could that have gone better? You know, and let them problem solve. This is you doing the same thing, but for yourself. So, hey, today I lost it. And I know for me, I say I used my, I used my grumpy voice or whatever. Mm -hmm. Can I just do a replay? And then you actually walk them through. So, you know, we couldn't find your shoes. We were late. And you're not saying this is an excuse, right? This is just a, you're just observing. Matter of fact, yeah. We were late and I just lost it and I yelled and it made me feel, just so you know, like I felt out of control and I could see that you even felt scared and I just want you to know that I want to replay it. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't find your shoes. <laughs> we were late. But you know what? We took a breath together and I held onto your hand and we just went and we found the shoes together. Mm-hmm. That's how I wanted to do it and I didn't. But the cool thing about actually walking through a replay, not just saying, hey, I'm sorry, that was wrong, but actually going over the example and going over the experience, like actually play by play. This happened, this happened. This is what I wanted. If I could redo it, this is what I would have wanted to happen. The cool thing is, guys, you're actually, like you're, you're hacking into the neural pathway system inside you and your child's brain, and you're turning a negative situation and actually having positive feelings come from it because you're using your imaginations. And we know through all the visualization research people have done and the ex- personal experiences I've had, that when you can visualize something, your brain reacts to it. So you're creating the positive neural pathways of how you want to react in a concrete way. And you're doing it with somebody that you love, which we know anytime we do something in a connective way with somebody that we love, those neural pathways just get deeper, right? It's like trying to make a path in dirt, but instead of just blowing on it, when you're with somebody that you love and you're using connection, it's like pouring buckets of water and making that pathway to the dirt really strong. Mm -hmm. So you are literally practicing with your child how you wanted that to go and guess what next time they can't find their shoes you might be able to do what you had walked through with them Mm -hmm. so it's kind of this cool you're kind of replaying it washing over the negative neural pathways creating new ones and at the same time you're visualizing for the future so that when that time comes it'll be be one step closer to doing it the way you want to do it totally I second all of that. And guys, thank you so much for these questions. We seriously enjoy answering them. Don't forget to send them in, DM, or as a review. All right, let's find the magic. (coughs) Me, 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 me. (laughs) Brown cows. (laughs)